the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world of food. First, if you love lasagna and you love mac and cheese, you're going to love Stouffer's new Lasagna Mac Mm. that combines both in one dish. They call it the ultimate in comfort food, and it's going to be on sale this summer only. Second, Taco Bell is testing a new vegan protein to replace the seasoned beef, and Chick-fil-A added a couple of new menu items, a lemon kale Caesar salad, and you know how people know to order half lemonade, half iced tea? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not called an Arnold Palmer when you go to Chick-fil-A. It's called a Sunjoy. I'd like a Sunjoy. Finally, in the world of food, Kev, the seasoning that you grew up eating in Baltimore. Old Bay. McCormick is struggling to keep up with demand for Old Bay seasoning with more people awesome. than ever still cooking at home. Oh, yeah. That's, they that can't make it fast best. enough. That is the best. Put it on everything. Put it on scrambled eggs, steamed really? crabs, Ooh. you name it. I can see it on any meats, but not on scrambled eggs. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I, oh yeah. If they, mm. if they, I have a friend, my friend David. If they made Old Bay toothpaste, he would get it. <laughs> I am not even kidding. He, he was, That's like on his bio on social media. It says like, you know, David, single, single dad, uh, long walks on the beach and Old Bay. That's <laughs> part of his personality. Okay. I don't know about you, but anytime I hear about like a crime, like even just like, Go to a bank, give me all your money. I'm like, how do people get brave enough to do something like that? Like, that's just crazy. You might, well, be, this, con- you might be confusing bravery for stupidity, well, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is a conniving, crazy crime that I, I just, I've never dreamed someone could be this bold. I'll tell you what happened next. Okay, so check out this conniving, crazy crime. Uh, this couple gets engaged. Okay. Happy couple, good for them. Happy. Um, they got to decide we're gonna they're gonna have their wedding, so they see this mansion near where they live in Florida, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be the best place to have a wedding?" So the groom feigns interest and gets a showing. He goes in and he looks at the mansion. He's like, "Oh, this would be perfect for a wedding," and he thinks, "Well, there's no way the guy lives there. You can tell it's empty." So they send out wedding invitations with the address of the mansion. Okay. They start holding the wedding. They've got the wedding party, the band, the catering, everything. The guy's living there. <laughs> and he calls the cops. He's like, there's somebody having a wedding on my property. You need to come. Like, I just, Can you imagine being that bold? And the stress you would have that you'd get caught, which is what happened. They got right. caught, ruined the wedding. It's just bizarre to me. <laughs> they went from being lovebirds to jailbirds. <laughs> oh, I've got some fashion questions for you, Kev, since you, you like to talk about fashion. Okay. <laughs> just a minute. Do you like to follow fashion trends? <laughs> it's hard to keep up sometimes. Yes, I do not is. keep up at all. I buy stuff on the sale rack when it's just about to go out of style. 
That's when I finally buy it. But um, they asked people, do you think these things are in style or not? Oh, okay. And it all depends on your age. As to how whether you, you think answer. they're in style or not? Yes. Yeah, so well, we'll seeing you just had that with... story the other day that grandpa fashion is back in. Mm-hmm. Like dressing like your grandfather. Who knows? Yeah. So how about, here's the first one. I have three items, three mm-hmm. fashion items. Fanny right. packs. Fanny packs. Where do you oh. sit on fanny packs? Fanny packs. I would not use one, but they are in big time. Yeah. 33% of millennials say they are cool, but uh, boomers much less likely to be into fanny packs. Um, how about bucket hats? Our 90s bucket hats back, baby. Bucket hats are very passe. No to the bucket hat. Uh, only, uh, usually it's old people who say no bucket hats. No bucket hats. The younger generations, Gen Z and millennials, are more likely to like a bucket hat. And this one um, we just had in the news recently, and that is skinny jeans. Where do you fall on skinny jeans? Are they in fashion or not in fashion? Skinny jeans are so (laughs) (laughs) pre-COVID. They are out. Actually, that was the one clothing item that all generations agreed on, and they are... Still in. Hmm. I guess not everyone's going to switch to the big baggy mom yeah, jeans. They after might be all. in style, but can you get in them anymore? <laughs> this is a big Don't question. Don't ask that. After the last this was year. supposed to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hope bring up negative subjects. Hope when you read the label that your skinny jeans have like 3% spandex. <laughs> <laughs> then it's all systems go. So we're talking about what's in and what's out. It's interesting being the dad of four kids, particularly three daughters, and each one of them has their own unique style Mm -hmm. but my middle daughter amber was the one that she tried on a lot of different looks going through her her middle school and her teenage years and stuff and it's kind of funny going back and looking at all the pictures of her and i share that with you mom and dad if you've got the middle school kids right now particularly girls and what one day it's all lace and roses and pinks and they're girly girl and then the next day they come home and they look like they're they walked out of a Nirvana video and it's eyeliner and black t-shirts and you're just like, what is happening? Hang on tight. <laughs> They're going to get through it. Just keep loving them and it'll all be okay. They're just trying on a lot of different, they don't know who they are right now. And all of that is just external. They're just trying on a lot of different stuff. And when you mention any, what I found is at that age, like 12, 13, 14, mm-hmm. they have that dramatic change. If you say anything like, Oh, that's a that's a cool look. Dad. You're like supposed to not notice the dramatic changes <laughs> in their fashion expression. So if you're at that age or if your kids are at that age, mom and dad, just hang on. You'll get through it. They'll definitely they'll settle back down and look like a normal person one day. Unless if they're a musician like my son is, and then they'll be in their twenties <laughs> and they'll still be shaving half of their head and you'll go, Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that's what what's next. Do you ever hear a strange noise at bedtime and then you can't sleep because you're like, what was that? Well, you might be surprised to hear what's keeping people from feeling safe at night. It's watching those true crime shows right before bed. <laughs> Believe it. People have a love-hate relationship with the shows. They love the nail-biting suspense of what will happen next. But when they finally turn off the TV and the lights, they can't sleep. They're too scared. Uh Oh, and before they get in bed, people are walking around their house, double checking to see if the doors and the windows are locked, too. (laughs) Because of these true crime. Our producer, Griffin's wife, Sarah, likes those true crime shows. There's my daughter. My daughter, Amber. She watches them all the time. My wife would be like, why are you filling your head with that stuff? Because some of them are terrible. Just terrible stuff. (laughs) 
But usually you said, you know, do you ever hear a strange noise before you go to bed and it keeps you up? Usually my wife hears those and then I just blame it on the dog. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) That was okay. That was wrong. I'm sorry. I apologize. But it's true. It's true. You need some enzymes, (laughs) some probiotics. I can. I got. I know a guy. We need to stop munching on beef jerky while I'm watching TV <laughs> at night. That's what we need. <laughs> Coming up, are you loving your career or are you looking for a change? Are you loving your career or are you poking around on LinkedIn and other places looking for a change? One in four people plan to switch jobs post pandemic. People have had time to reflect and focus on the fact that life is too short to work at a job they don't enjoy. They're looking for something more meaningful, something more satisfying. Companies may have to make some changes to keep talented workers. For example, 87% of employees say they want to work at least one day a week at home Hmm. after the pandemic is over. What do you do if you have like a warehouse job or something, though? Or if you're a plumber? How do you do that from Mm, That's impossible. Right, you can't. Those are the exceptions. Gotcha. You know anyone that had a really elaborate gender reveal? Um, there's another one making the news again. Oh, no. <laughs> People need to simmer down, tone down these gender reveals a All little right. bit. It's so interesting how everything gets ramped up in life due to social media. Like, there's got to be a promposal, and the marriage proposal has to be over the top. Right. And, then, and it's got to get a million likes yes. on Twitter, Facebook, and, and Instagram. The latest is gender reveals. And I don't know if you heard about this one. But uh, I got to start by saying, thank God no one got hurt. But this <laughs> couple that, went that wrong. Yes. This couple lives in New Hampshire. Okay. And uh, that's where my grandma lived. And um, they got a call of, hey, there's been an explosion. Something happened. People's pictures were falling off the walls. Are you kidding? Like it was like, what in the world happened? It was a gender reveal. <laughs> the the dad to be got ignited eighty pounds of this exploding compound that they use for firearms practice. Eighty pounds of it. No kidding. And they went. He thought he was being all safe by going to a quarry nearby. <laughs> like, but it, like I said, it shook the paintings like off people's walls. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, by the way, they're having a boy. But they're they're investigating to see if there's property damage that they may owe people for. No kidding. You know what the the new old wives' tale is going to be? Mm. If your gender reveal went wrong, you're going to be a handful. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be a tough kid to raise. Hey, Kim, it's Kevin and Taylor. Hey, hey, how are you? Good. We're talking about these gender reveals gone wrong. There was one in New Hampshire where it it was like an earthquake. The guy used so many explosives to create this blue crowd. It's a a cloud of it's a boy announcement. People's pictures fell off their walls and stuff. That that happened in your neighborhood? It actually did. We usually get posts on the Facebook page anyway. Did anybody hear that? What was that? So you hear, what was that explosion? Well, somebody on our Facebook page said... I am so sorry, you guys. That was our gender reveal party. Same <laughs> <laughs> exact thing happened. <laughs> no way. Oh, my God. Same thing happened to Kim. Um, how is this story playing around the world? Yes, it's gone international. And uh, a guy that I follow who is a, a professor in Paris, he's a Brit, and he lives mm-hmm. in Paris, he's a professor, he posted... 
How many stories about the utter stupidity of gender reveal parties are needed before Americans stop doing this? (laughs) (laughs) By the way, he can be a little snooty. He's irritated by the whole kindergarten graduation and all that stuff. He doesn't understand why we ritualize everything here. And he's like, why do they do that? He is cranky. Yeah, I'm like. I think gender reveals are fun. I just don't want you to explode the neighborhood. Right, I don't want when you do this. to lose, lose a finger or, or cause damage to nearby homes with the gender reveal. Is your family pretty sweet to you when you arrive home from a long day at work? When your, they were little kids, yes. <laughs> your dogs are, at least, right? <laughs> right, yes. Oh, this is the kind of welcome home we all wish we could get. This little boy loves hanging out with his dad. But check out his reaction when he hears the magic words, Mommy's home. Mommy's home. Hey, here? Where are you going? Mommy! How sweet is that? He runs out of the house through the yard and into his mom's arms. I love it. Hey, here's a great idea for you. I did this a couple times for Trace. Um, Kyle and I, when he was little, we made a big sign. And it said, like, love you, Mom. And we taped it to the garage door. Um, so it was lying face down on the garage floor, taped to the bottom of the garage door. She hit the garage door opener to open up to pull her car in, and the door's going up, and then all of a sudden there's this sign, Love You Mom. Oh, I like that idea. Pro tip on how to make a, how to make mom feel loved. But that little voice, oh my gosh. Mommy's home. Hey, who here? Where are you going? <laughs> Mommy! <laughs> so Love cute. That. You've seen the viral video of the sheep getting rescued from the hole only to jump right back in, right? It's on the Kevin and Taylor Facebook page. Coming up, why there are so many great lessons there. Hey, bye. Now you've seen the viral video of the sheep getting rescued from the hole, runs off and jumps right back in and gets stuck again. I've watched it like a hundred times. I can't stop watching it. Well, our friend Shanti Feldhan says there's a great lesson there. She's an author and a speaker. She said we can learn how to get out of our negative ruts. For example, if yours is constantly complaining about people who annoy you, how do you get out of that rut? She said it takes practice. You can make yourself a deal, for example, that every time you complain about that person, you're going to also say something positive and uplifting about them. And if you keep it up, pretty soon the positive thoughts will come first and more naturally. Hmm. I was fascinated by that. I'm like, I want to get out of my negative ruts. Yeah. For sure. That's cool. You're talking about being stuck in a rut, how you can get stuck in a rut that that mm-hmm. video that's gone viral of the sheep yes. who gets out of, a, out of a ditch and then immediately jumps right back in. Is a, there's a great spiritual lesson there about how we can get stuck in a rut. Ironically, um, my quiet time this morning was about being stuck in a rut of unforgiveness, of not forgiving people. And a great exercise, going to share it with you in a minute, to begin healing and forgiving people. We'll talk about it next. Man, I read something today. Ever... ever Come across something you read that really it's like a spiritual light bulb goes off and can't wait to tell people about it. Oh, yeah. That happened to me this morning. I was reading a a devotion about uh, forgiveness and talked about, recognized how there are people in our lives that it's that leaves a mark and it is hard to forgive. But Jesus tells us we have to. The measure you're going to be forgiven is how you forgive other people. So it's pretty important that we uh, we get about doing this. And by the way. We have all those people in our lives that we, we have, I don't know, a grudge or haven't forgiven them. It's interesting when you recognize you're that person to someone else. You know what I mean? We've all done stuff to people, and we tend to want to put ourselves in the righteously wronged category, but never think of ourselves as the other. But anyhow, I talked about, forget this devotion I read, 
talked about forgiving people. And it said to sit, sit quietly and just sit with Jesus. Just imagine that Jesus is there with you and allowed Jesus to like gaze at you. What, what are his thoughts? What are his feelings? What are his emotions? What, how does he, how does he feel about you? You know, you're who he died for. How does he feel about you? And let that sink in for a good while. Now think of the person that you haven't forgiven and you're sitting there and Jesus is there and now they're there as well. And Jesus is gazing at them. How does he feel about them? How does he interact with them? How does he want them to know how much he loves them and try to allow that feeling that Christ would have for them into your own heart and let it start to begin working on forgiving them. I thought that was such a yeah, great, a good visual, wow. such a fantastic exercise that you might want to try yourself. Cause there, there's a lot of us that are, you know, dealing with stuff. It could be from your childhood. It could be your boss just yesterday. It whatever. Everybody has some stuff in their life that they probably need to work on forgiving. And I just, I felt a lot of healing from that myself talking about forgiveness. You know, we think about forgiveness and what, Jesus set the example of forgiveness, right? At the crucifixion, I mean, they're murdering him. I mean, in a brutal, horrific, humiliating way. And if you read anything about what he went through, it was awful on every level. And yet, what does he do in that moment? He forgives. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So Mm -hmm. that's the bar for forgiveness. We got nothing. We should be forgiving everything. So if he was so wrong and could do it, and that's the example, why is it so hard for us to give for, to forgive people? I mean, I have trouble forgiving people that cut me off on the highway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Something as simple as that. What What do you think it is that makes it so hard? I guess it's the wounds. Like the whole time you're doing that devotional a minute ago and sharing what you learn in your quiet time, I was trying to picture Jesus sharing his love and compassion and concern to someone who is very scary in my family's lives right now. And that's, um, we have a court date today for my niece's foster kids. Mm. And she has created so much um, angst in these little kids' lives that they had like a... Their birth mother? Yeah, their birth mother. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't say her name, obviously, but she she had to have a... There was a required visit. And one of the, the older little girl was up all night the night after with night terrors mm. from that one visit. And I was thinking, wow, like that's, that's just it. Like on the cross, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's forgiving us before we even ask for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it's hard with people in our lives who aren't at that point yet. They aren't at any kind of repentance level. Mm-hmm. They're unaware. They have no idea they wounded you or hurt you. And that's where it really takes faith and saying, God, you can love these people through me, but I can't do it on my own strength. Mm. And nobody ever said following Jesus was going to be easy, right? No, not at all. <laughs> if you're doing it right, it shouldn't be. It should be kind of hard. What helps you get through tough times? Number one, of course, is your faith, right? Knowing that no matter what you're going through, God is with you. But what about the little simple things just to get through a tough day? For most of us, it's a combination of quality time with the ones we love, a good laugh, and comfort food. Mm. (laughs) Coming in further down the list in this new survey was a walk outside, time alone, and quiet time. I'm afraid I've been turning to the comfort food a little too much. (laughs) My clothes are not fitting. We we could combine all of it. It was comfort food, time with uh, people you love, good laugh, Mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, life of faith. So here's what you do. Get yourself a big hunkin' bowl of mac and cheese. Share it with your better half and uh, pray over the food before you eat. You've checked all the boxes. Sounds like every night. (laughs) So we should all be doing okay then. (laughs) Don't you just love those stories where someone leaves a ginormous tip? Coming up, wait till you hear the reason behind this one. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Don't you just love those stories where someone leaves a ginormous tip at a restaurant? Oh, yeah. Because the staff's working so hard. Well, you're going to love the reason behind this one. A dad and his daughter went into Berg Steakhouse in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which is always busy. The dad left a $1,000 tip for the staff and paid for the meals of two other families nearby where they were sitting. Mm. Well, here's the, the scoop. Here's the reason. Dad is terminally ill. And he wanted to make some great memories with his daughter while on vacation in Gatlinburg, but he also wanted to spend his money on other people during his final days. Hmm. What's wild? He asked to remain anonymous. He doesn't even want any accolades for his generosity. Wow. Isn't that amazing? What a guy. Talk about talk about finishing strong. That yeah. is really cool. So one of the things that's great about married life is after you've done it for a while, you, you get a close-up view on just how weird people are. <laughs> right. And I'm not talking about my wife, Tracy. I'm talking about me. Um, I did something the other day. It was just I thought I was fixing a problem that we had in our family room. uh, And she was just like, oh, no, no, no. That is not going to fly. I'll tell you what it was. I'd love to know if you guys think this is way out of bounds, too. We'll talk about it next. So would you agree with that, Taylor, that marriage gives you a close-up view on just how weird human beings can be? Um, <laughs> if my husband's listening, no, I'm not. Would he not agree with that statement? He then? would agree. Okay, he would agree go. in a second, okay. yeah. All right, I think we could all say, like, yeah, you, you do. You, you, um, you know, all your, your guard comes down. Mm-hmm. Like, the first year of marriage, it's probably still up. You're still kind of on your best behavior, but it slowly erodes after that. My wife would have been, and I have been married for decades, so it's gone. It's good. There is there is no curtain up. It's it's mm-hmm. all out there. Well, the other day she if we watch, she's been great this winter. She watches hockey with me, and but she says if we're going to watch hockey, we have to watch it on the good TV downstairs because I can't see the puck on the TV upstairs. Fine, we'll go downstairs in the family room. The problem with the family room is there's no like end table on the old sectional sofa we have down there to put my drink cup on or my snacks on. And we have five dogs. So if you hold those things in your lap, mm, it's game yeah, on. They're all problem. over you. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, okay, I got to solve this problem. I got to have somewhere to put my drinks so Tracy can watch the hockey game with me. So I grab a big, like, Coleman cooler, like a huge one. You know what I mean? Like the kind of thing you'd put on a boat. And I was like, huh, this is about coffee table size. So I brought it in. Boom. Put it right down in front oh, of the couch. No, no, no. We got a coffee table. Oh, no. There. <laughs> You sound like Tracy. Nightmare. She walked down and someone's like, look what I did. I solved our problem, honey. I said, this thing, look, it even has drink holders on the top. It's perfect. <laughs> Maybe for like a couple weeks while your coffee table is is being purchased. But no, that's well, not a long-term solution. She left it there for the one game. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the next game we went downstairs to watch, I was thinking like it still it had moved. <laughs> she had put it away. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking that's her final statement. On oh, my yeah. uh, improvised coffee table <laughs> for our family room. I do wonder what homes would look like if guys could decorate however they want. <laughs> like, you would have the Coleman Cooler coffee table. And my husband, Glenn, it has been an adventure w- with him. We lived in the same house for years. 
And then we moved and we got rid of like old hand-me-down furniture. Mm-hmm. And he immediately started saying, oh, you know what we should do with the master bedroom? The be- that would look, sh- that would be the perfect billiard room. And I was like, babe, we've never played pool together in our entire relationship. Like, why would we buy a pool table and have a, quote, billiard room? And so I fought that. I won that fight. Uh, It's a bedroom now. But our dining room is still empty because, you know, we just don't need the seating right now in our lives. So we haven't made a decision. And he keeps wanting to turn it into a ping pong area. But a regulation ping pong table is too big for our dining room. So we need to find like a mini one. Yeah. And I think he's just gotten tired of searching. You know what you could get? We have one of these. It's a uh, it's a regulation size, like a pro table, and it folds up. Yeah, but when it folds out, you wouldn't have enough room to stand behind it to hit the ball. Oh, that's it would be, a problem. Yeah. That is a problem. You, you could stand really like right up against the table and play. But you know how when you play right, you're pretty much back off over here yeah. from the table. Mm. So... Oh, he measured it already. Believe me. (laughs) He even knows that if you turn the table out into the foyer, it would be enough room. And I'm not. I'm like, no, we are not having a table jutting out into our foyer. Mm. It's not going to happen. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.